Welcome to another episode of Be Now. It's the show where nothing needs to happen because it's already happening. Be happening. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're gonna like have some mold wine and some winter cocktails. Perfect. Hot toddy, that kind of thing. Sweet, sweet. And so it's been like in the lab with Sam making the making the syrups, you know, mm. making the you know, just getting all the proportions just right. Mm. He's a wizard with that shit. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just listen and compliment and, you know, take center stage when it's appropriate and then know when to sit back and not do so much, mm-hmm. know when to do something really simple mm-hmm. or know when there's space to fill, you know. Mm-hmm. The sensitivity to the moment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, like, music's how we decorate time, you know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's not important. Mm-hmm. All right. Three, two, one. Welcome, Max. What's up, Arya? How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah? yeah surviving the cold. Surviving the cold, man. This is Chengdu winter. Mm. Mm. How are you feeling inside? Inside right now, uh, the winter always affects me. So, like, I'm, I'm kind of, like, trying to fight my way out of the, the doldrums a little bit, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Doldrums? Yeah, yeah. Just, like, when it gets cold, you know, I just don't feel like doing as much and kind of end up in that cycle of just, yeah, yeah. you know, staying inside and... Doing nothing. Yeah, doing nothing. and Yeah. But uh, it happens every winter. It's, like, you know, I've accepted it. Just right. kind of got to try to stay active as much as possible. Yeah, in the right range. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I just got this new cat. Oh, yeah? Two nice. Weeks ago, yeah. Kitten or... Uh, like, Two or maybe two years old. Nice. And so yeah, just doing a lot of nothing with the cat now. Sweet. <laughs> yeah. Cat cats are great for that. Yeah. I got to help myself. Companion with nothing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so what have you been? Uh, yeah, spending your time with um, like that's what's exciting that you've been spending your time with these days. Um, I mean, in the last month, been doing a lot of rehearsing with my band, uh, Mirror Garden, and we're kind of just putting our set together and. Uh, Hopefully going to do a photo shoot soon and start getting some, start actually hitting the gig circuit. Um, that's mm. been like <clears throat> the main thing on, in the cards. Also kind of developing some winter cocktails for uh, for Road Dog. Road Dog. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. You guys have a event tonight, right? No, no, we changed it. We were gonna we were gonna do it tonight, but then the expat awards were tonight, so oh, okay. we decided to do it next weekend. And yeah, we're gonna like have some mold wine and some winter cocktails, perfect hot toddy, that kind of thing. Sweet, and sweet. so it's been like in the lab with Sam making the making the syrups, you know, mm. making the you know just getting all the proportions just right. Mm. He's a wizard with that shit. So yeah, How do, so with a uh, sound garden, no, sound, mirror garden. mirror garden, mm-hmm. mirror garden. It's a cool name. Thanks, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how did you guys come up with it? What is the, yeah? How did the whole project come together? Uh, it's mostly Jonathan uh, Jonathan Weber's uh, brainchild. It's like he writes the songs initially. He writes these really like complex arrangements and that are really challenging to play along with, but really really enjoyable. And uh, but yeah, emphasis on complex. So it's taken a while to like get everything sounding just right. Still not quite there yet, but. Uh, and then yeah, when once once we get the basic structure, then we kind of arrange and rewrite the songs together. You know, mm-hmm. so there is a collaborative element, but it's it all kind of starts with with his his songs ideas. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Jonathan, he was telling me how's like a yeah, he likes the originality of of the of making music, mm-hmm. like not just doing covers, but like just like making creating something. Yeah, definitely. And so you mentioned like complex. Mm. So the big question I want to talk to you about sure. is uh, like how important is intuition in when you're making music, uh, and then w- at, when we get out of that one, when you're living in Chengdu, your life, your life in China, 
How mm-hmm. important is intuition? So yeah, how are we going? Ooh, okay. Um, intuition when you're making music. <clears throat> I mean, I think it's really important. Like, I think it's probably the most important thing, and also like the hardest thing to develop. Like, like you can people, some people who don't aren't classically trained or anything like that, or don't have much training, do have naturally good intuition. But really, like, it's once you put in the time to develop your, you know, the, your bag of tricks on any instrument. Um, especially as like a rhythm player, I think as a drummer, you know, like my intuition is like basically what I go on. Like I'm, I don't have, I'm not like an incredibly gifted technical drummer or anything, but, um, you know, I feel like my strength is just responding to in the moment to like music, musicians I'm playing with. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. But then, I mean, as for like, for writing things, I think. I, I can't really speak that personally, but I know that Jonathan is, yeah, really gifted at kind of sitting down and kind of coming up with these, you know, just really different original kind of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it sounds like uh, you kind of, uh, you, you listen to what's going on around you and you, and you react. Exactly. To that energy. Yeah? yeah, totally. It's kind of like a, like, like, I mean, jazz is like the perfect example of that where like, that's kind of the whole ethos of the music Mm. you know and but so and i'm not a jazz musician exactly but like i've learned a lot through listening to jazz and kind of practicing it a little bit just to like yeah just listen and compliment and you know take center stage when it's appropriate and then know when to sit back and Mm. not do so much Mm -hmm. know when to do something really simple Mm. or know when there's space to fill you know Mm. the sensitivity to the moment yeah exactly i mean like music's how we decorate time you know (laughs) (laughs) that's not Mm -hmm. cool uh, okay, so now, uh, what's, how important is intuition in, in how long have you been in Chengdu now? Uh, three and a half years. Okay. Oh, shoot, almost four years now. Four years. Yeah. Cool, yeah, mm-hmm. running on four. Yeah, what's, uh, what's been your, uh, you know, uh, like, it, like the way I think of intuition is like your inner voice, your gut feeling, right? Mm-hmm. It's like uh, your sixth sense. Uh, it's kind of the sum of everything you can feel and more, maybe. Sure. Um, I don't know. This is, <laughs> yeah, what, what, how important is that in your life here? Um... I feel like I feel like I'd be better equipped to answer that in a time where I feel like really integrated into everything. Like <laughs> while everything's kind of like slow to a crawl during the winter, uh-huh. I feel like I'm kind of you know my intuition to stay inside. And yeah, chill right. Okay. Out. Yeah. Uh, but like, yeah, I mean, over the summer, like when we were really developing this idea for like for the the you know the mobile drink cart and for like our our street events right. and stuff, like yeah, we we kind of I, I just was hanging out with Sam one time and we, you know, just like had this basic idea to like one time sell drinks out of the back, like out of my bike trailer, mm-hmm. you know? And then it kind of turned into this thing where we were like just throwing ideas back and forth and the idea grew and grew and grew mm-hmm. until we like have a whole menu of cocktails and yeah. like, uh, you know, a tuk-tuk that we made. And that was all just definitely like listening to intuition, just like, yeah, this feels right, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the people we know will respond well to this mm. and um and now it's road dog madness yeah whenever you guys drop uh-huh. it, uh, yeah man it's it was it was very fun like for we've been on on hiatus for a little bit but really really excited to come back with that mm. um but intuition though like to be honest 
Like there's there's been certain people and relationships that I've developed in Chengdu where I haven't listened to my intuition and that's come back to bite me. Right. And so I've kind of learned that the hard way a couple times. Maybe just leave it at that. Like, okay. Yeah. And so I'm trying to learn better on how to like really listen to how, you know, a friend of mine told me like, you know, people tell you who they are. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of like how much you listen. Right. And they're right. really going. Right. Exactly. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, it, there's times when like, yeah, me too. When I don't listen to my intuition, I just I guess I get I guess the mind gets busy sometimes, and we just kind of like sure. it escapes, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I do comedy, mm-hmm. and, right? Uh, so you know, there's good sets and there's bad sets, and like the bad sets are often the ones where like I just kind of I lose track of what's going on inside me. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. How does that feel? Like when 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 that happens, like what is what is your mind doing? It's frustrating. Uh, my mind is just trying is. Trying to, trying to force something instead of letting it unfold. Like one night, um, <clears throat> the the mic was having issues, the microphone, mm. and uh, so I said, "Fuck it, put the microphone aside and just kind of like speak to the audience just for that one." And um, I don't know for some reason, you know, uh, like get, tapping into a different range of my voice, it kind of kind of put me off kilter a little bit. Mm. And then instead of just kind of staying grounded in my chest voice. And still connecting conversationally. That's where I feel like um, you're not at home, you know? Yeah. So it kind of like, put me off base a little bit. So, yeah. Oh, okay. I see. Hmm. I don't know. Voice is, uh, yeah, it's so important to me. It's like, you know, like th- the places from which we listen and speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I find that a little bit when I'm teaching my college students. Like the way my job works is like, a, you know, like you used to work at Turndoff, so you know. But yeah, you teach the same class 14 times and it's hard not to like be like, okay, this works, so I'm going to do it exactly the same way. Yeah. And you hit that sweet spot after like three or four lessons where you're like, okay, I've got my, I've got, you know, it's kind of like a set, you know, yeah. where you're like, yeah. okay, I know where the jokes are. I know roll. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you play them like an instrument, you know, and then, but by the, by like the fifth time you've got that, all that together, it just gets stale if you, if you don't sit in the moment and react instead of just like getting hard-headed about like what you think worked in the past right, or something right right sitting in the moment mm-hmm. like that yeah as we're doing now yeah <laughs> so uh can i ask you a question mm-hmm. okay um so i think a lot about so kind of to what you said earlier about like you know interpersonal relationships sure. uh, i think uh i really believe this is like um like your homies uh, make a big difference in like, like kind of life quality and how you feel about things. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Who, who was like a like one of your first friends in Chengdu? Um, one of my first friends. Oh, hey, the cat. The cat, right. the window. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, one of my first friends in Chengdu was uh, Alan Clayton. You remember him? Alan Clayton. Mm, no. It's a dude from Alabama, a guitar player, mm-hmm. larger than life dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we played a lot of music together, and he kind of like. You know, showed me around town and introduced me to folks. How did you guys first meet? How did you know, like, you know, I can chill with this guy? Uh, we met in an open mic uh, at Shamrock and then just started chatting. And then <clears throat> we jammed that night and we just, like, musically clicked. And we were just, like, you know, started talking shit. And, mm-hmm. like, it just, yeah, just, yeah, friendship, fast friendship. Fast friendship, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah, you know Johnny. Uh, yeah, I met, I met him at, at Hakka. Oh, nice. And, uh... It was like we're overlooking, you know, the city by the balcony there, mm-hmm. and um, like I, I was, I was just sitting there. And he, this dude, just comes next to me. I don't know him, right? And then his, and our first conversation was about aliens having sex. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So that was like, 
I can tell this guy. That's when you know. Yeah. <laughs> and then we started making out. Uh, yeah, <laughs> of course. Yeah. <laughs> As you do. I mean, soulmates right there. <laughs> <laughs> That's friendship, yeah. Yeah, yeah man. Um, so, other, other part of it. Okay, so homies mm-hmm. and missions or obsessions. Mm. Do, you, do, do you see yourself like someone who gets obsessed with things? Or? Definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. In fact, like, yeah, whenever I don't have a ongoing obsession, I get really uncomfortable and I'm like... You know, and then it's like I, you know, find myself like trying to force it. Mm. Be like, oh, this is something I can get into, and I try it a couple times, and it doesn't click. You know, mm-hmm. and um, but usually I have something that you know I've got a whole pile of unfinished projects and random things that I've kind of, you know, gotten really into for a while. Mm. Mm-hmm. Is there anything back there that you're like excited about when the time comes uh, pull on that thread again? Or? Yeah, it was just today actually like thinking about um, like mushroom foraging. <laughs> yeah when i went to uc santa cruz i was like really into like just, i had a couple friends that are really you know big into like mycology and studying mushrooms and mm-hmm. foraging for food and other purposes mm-hmm. uh and um yeah so i got really into it like between classes i just go running through the forest like you know with my little guidebook cool. the photos and like looking to try to identify species and find edible ones and mm-hmm. all that yeah it was about mushrooms that they they're all like interconnected like they're one organism or something yeah like if you've got like there's this one type um of i forget what the species is but well there's a few types that grow in these rings so if you're in a forest you'll like find one mushroom and then you look to the right and the left there's more of them and if you look far enough there's like a big old ring of them and that's all one organism Uh and that's just like the reproductive system of the mushroom kind of sticking out of the ground and making more of it so they're of the same root underground. Yeah, it's all the same, like, uh, mycelium, like the little thready stuff that goes in the soil and actually, you know, decomposes things. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so, yeah, I was just thinking about that today. Like, I wish I could do that here mm-hmm. <laughs> more, you know. Is there? I mean, there's a lot of mushrooms in China. Sure, absolutely. Like, and uh, I just wouldn't feel, you know, like, I feel like I would have to, like, learn from a local or something, uh-huh. like, relearn everything. Because, like, I'm really familiar with the California coast, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like, mycology and all that. But, but different, like, different, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Beast. All right. Well, here's uh, here's another question I have for you. Um, so I... I, uh, I think of you like uh, like, a, like a homie, man. Yeah, like I remember the first time we were kind of hanging out uh, at the studio here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the thing was first kind of blossoming at first. Yeah, definitely. Right? We were kind of chilling in the, in, the, in the patio and like, yeah, yeah. I just felt like I felt comfortable. Likewise, yeah. definitely. And um, so, uh, question. Yeah, what kind, of, what kind of kid were you? What kind of kid was I? Yeah. Oh, man. I was, I was kind of a shitty kid. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like I was, I was kind of crazy. Uh, misbehaved a lot. Like, my parents got divorced when I was six, and I think I was like pretty good until then. I think that really affected me mm-hmm. at the time. Like, yeah, I was I was a terror. <laughs> Afterwards, yeah, yeah. After I, I cooled <laughs> off, like definitely cooled off by like by the time I was like ten or eleven or so. But before that, I was like, yeah, pretty wild. <laughs> uh, you like make a big mess. Yeah, like I mean, just couldn't sit still. Like always running around, like breaking shit, getting in trouble, and you yeah. know. Well, yeah. the time like we made a big mess, and like, uh, <laughs> you fucked up. Can I kind of tell you a story? Yeah, like, please. All right, yeah. So like, uh, you know, I was like maybe, maybe five or four. I remember, but I was in this in the, in the living room, mm-hmm. and we just got this new carpet, mm-hmm. and uh, I was just playing with my toys, and then suddenly I just had had the run. And I just took a shit right on the carpet. 
And so my dad comes over to me, uh-huh. and he squats down next to me. And he just takes this shit right with me. What? <laughs> yeah, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> he takes a deep breath. He goes, take a deep breath, son. <laughs> yeah. Fuck off. Is that true? <laughs> some, some twist of that. Okay. Story. okay. That's, <laughs> That's ridiculous, man. Uh, so, okay. <laughs> So was that the type of dad he was? Just like generally, really yeah. like yeah, that whole story was. I took a pee, and then okay. instead of punishing me, just like I cupped his hand, and I like, took me to the bathroom. Yeah. Oh, that's sweet. I like my story better. But yeah, your story. Yeah, <laughs> I never let the truth get in the way of a good story. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, yeah, yeah. When I was like, uh, I think I was like six. Um, me and my buddy were just getting really into Star Wars, and uh, and. Concurrently, my school had just put in a new sprinkler system in the playground, uh, and you know those like kind of cage-like things that surround the uh, all the pipes and the like, meters and all that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Like we like water systems. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. they put like that fencing around it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, they hadn't put that up yet, and all the all the pipes and all like the gauges and the pumps were exposed. Um, <clears throat> So me and my friend, being into Star Wars, we decided that that thing was the Death Star, <laughs> and we were just playing around. That all they, I mean, we just had normal recess, and there was all these chunks of concrete that they just like, you know, like jackhammered out of the uh, out of the blacktop mm-hmm. to put this thing in. And so we just took like, well, I <laughs> egged on by my friend, but yeah, I took this big old chunk of concrete and just smashed the like, just threw it right at this like meter, <laughs> and then it, it was, was all good. Oh, it did in the moment. It was yeah. kind of crazy though, because like around the we, like all of the sprinklers just started going haywire and just like poof, 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 like just firing all over the place, and the whole playground was like, "What the fuck is happening?" Uh, yeah, I got got in some trouble. For you that looked one. around and you saw those flames. Yeah, yeah, it was like everyone was quiet, like like you know, there's a bunch of kids playing, and then all of a sudden the sprinkler is just going. It was it's kind of surreal because I remember it. I've met I've remembered this so many times. Like I, I wonder what it was actually like. You know, it was like because you kind of change it every time you remember it, right? right but like, right, right. but that's yeah. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which, yeah, um, <clears throat> memory, man. Yeah, there's this really cool Netflix documentary series called like how the like the mind explained or something. So okay. every episode is like on dream. One is on memory, mm. and and the one on memory is pretty pretty cool. It basically convinces you how unreliable the memory is. Definitely. Right? And, um, and, and yeah, it's kind of inseparable from imagination. Like mm-hmm. the same areas of the brain with imagination memory get fired on, right? Right. Definitely. Just making connections. Yeah. And then every time you tell the same story or remember it, it just, it changes a little bit. Mm-hmm. And like, you're like reforming the memory every time, right? Right. So how do you keep yourself honest? In um, of that? yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Um, guess it's important to start on the right foot right mm. you know like mm. if you're honest with yourself about something you know i don't know that mm. can be hard, easier said than done starting with the, the right foot like for, like when you you know like <clears throat> trying not to embellish things too much you know mm. like i you know i said earlier like don't let the truth get in the way of a good story like that <laughs> it's just uh like, it's a good lie, though. It is, yeah. It sounds good, right? But it's also kind of dangerous. Yeah. I actually remember I had a girlfriend once, like, a few years ago, and I was we were having this, like, intense conversation about honesty and stuff, and I was like, ah, I let people tell a couple of white lies, you know? And she was like, no, like, that's not good. And, mm-hmm. like, she really kind of, like, challenged me on that, and I was like, okay. You know, and now I kind of see where she's coming from, you know, mm-hmm. 
like I mean I still like to have a little fun but mm-hmm. um yeah Good perspective yeah exactly yeah. but but at the same time like I think it is important you know like all, all things in good fun, but like, yeah, to be honest with oneself about, you know, and just the important things. And like, if you, if you're going to change something every time you remember it, it, you might as well not have any motivations to talk about yourself in any way that's not accurate, I guess. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So that one more time. <laughs> like, uh, so yeah, it was kind of word soup. Uh, yeah. Like uh just being i don't know like for me like i lie when i get uncomfortable right whether it's like uncomfortable with the reality that i'm not dealing with or something like you know or just uh something that i I have already done that i don't know comfortable with it's just all about that discomfort and kind Mm -hmm. of trying to reconcile that with my image to the outside world Mm -hmm. so you know finding if i am able to be comfortable with who i am Mm -hmm. you know and kind of figure that stuff out lofty goal <laughs> uh that's tough man yeah, yeah. like being comfortable i think that discomfort is like what exists in everyone for I sure like just how we our attitude towards it mm-hmm. is what makes the difference yeah yeah definitely i was listening to a podcast today actually about like lies and um and how so many people like most people have you know all of these things that they're constantly keeping inside themselves because they feel like it's going to interfere with how they're perceived Mm. you know either by like a lover or a friend or family or whatever and they just don't talk about it and you know i was listening to i was like oh yeah i do that too you know Mm. and uh but the like what the effect of that is slowly you feel more and more isolated because Mm. if you can find it to like in yourself to be honest with another person about something that's important that you have been dishonest about in the past like <clears throat> um it just it puts it out in the open and it's less scary mm. you know and nine times out of ten people aren't gonna th- it's not gonna be as bad as you think it is mm-hmm. you know mm. yeah man uh, being honest because like yeah emotional life is a, is a thing of its own right mm-hmm and um, yeah, just being open. I remember um, uh, again, it was a Hakka story. So mm-hmm. I was in there, and after after a comedy show, a bunch of us ended up in there. Mm-hmm. And um, so I have a history of, like social anxiety and like depression and stuff. Okay. I remember there was a bunch of us in there, and I was having a good time, and and I was like talking to people, but for some reason, you know, like intuition, mm-hmm. um, I just kept noticing the conversation kept ending like abruptly or in whatever way. I felt like. I couldn't, I kept hitting a wall in conversations. Mm. And then uh, at some point there was like a big circle. Everyone made a big circle. And then some of, there was no room for me. Right. And I just kept getting this feeling in, in there that was, I didn't belong there. Uh-huh. Right. And then, uh, so I just kept getting that message again and again. And that kind of like took me back to my, you know, social anxiety days. I was like, I don't belong here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a tree. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so I went home and I just kind of like lingered in this depression and uh, like the next morning I was like, I don't want to get out. I just want to stay in bed the whole day. You know, mm-hmm. like, it was funny how this feelings kind of like domino effect, you know? Yeah, sure. And the next day I was hanging out with a couple of friends, Nicole and Declan, mm-hmm. and, uh, and uh, they came over and I just told, told them that story and just opening up about that. It kind of just really like uh, it kind of created some new breath. Yeah. And uh, and I'm telling it again now. So it kind of like yeah, it feels nice to live vent, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, it's always it's it's always good to have people around you who you trust like that. Yeah, yeah. You know? Mm. And if you don't, 
you know, like that's something that, <clears throat> like, I, I went before I came to China. I had like a really tight knit group of about like, you know, I mean, about like ten or so people. You know, varying degrees of closeness to each of them. But I always felt like I had somebody I could talk to about like my deepest, darkest stuff. You know, and uh, and then I went from that to like knowing nobody here in Chengdu pretty quickly.、Mm. And I started, and so for a long time, I just kind of kept a lot of stuff inside, didn't really share anything with anybody, and like it ate away at me, man. Like、mm. you know, you really it, and so and then it was. I, it took me a long time to figure out that you know, if you don't have those relationships, you、mm. have to actively forge them.、Mm. You know,、mm. like and so I started sharing that stuff with people I was not that comfortable sharing it with, but just like I needed, you know, you have to have yeah, that release yeah, of it yeah, somehow, yeah. and. You know, nine times out of ten, when I would do that, it would forge a closer friendship with that person, and you know, they share something as well, and、mm. you know,、mm. just kind of having to like relearn to do that、mm. as an adult is kind of difficult.、Mm. Relearn it, yeah. Because、mm. I think like when you're you know in college or something, you're kind of just around a lot of people and. I don't know. Like, there's kind of、uh, can be vulnerable in that space, maybe.、Right? Yeah, for sure. And or like,、uh, I mean, like, I don't know how. What was your college experience like with like friend groups? Yeah, a lot of parties,、uh, pretending to like be social. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. For sure. <laughs> well, yeah, definitely. I mean, everyone does that, right? <laughs> like.、Uh, Yeah, I mean it's kind of like a domino effect. You know, you hang around a couple people, and then they're friends, and kind of like you, I don't know. Like for me, we had this house that I lived in, and you know, like about ten of our friends had an active invite to come hang out, play music, and we all just like went through a lot together, and kind of, you know, those 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 friendships formed really like organically,、mm-hmm. you know. So I, you know, like having to start over, I guess, is what I mean by like relearn it、mm-hmm. over here. Gotcha. Yeah,、mm-hmm. that feeling of、uh, yeah trust and vulnerability. Mm-hmm. So, like the word you use, organically, how it just unfolds, it's unforced. To the final point,、um, yeah, life in in China, Wu Wei, you know, Wu Wei is a Taoist principle、oh, sure. of effortless action.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I feel like for me, intuition, like I feel like Wu Wei is like this eye in the sky. <laughs> sure, you know, kind of like you just let it. I don't know. Yeah, for me, it's like kind of like a just kind of ease with how everything kind of comes together and falls apart and. And just vulnerability, like you're saying, it's like so instrumental.、Mm, yeah. <laughs> okay, okay.、Uh, <laughs> okay. All right. Well, it's been fun.、Um, any final thoughts, comments before we close? Um. No, it was, it was really nice talking to you, man. Like, yeah, I, I feel like we should do this more off off mic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's、sure. uh, yeah, you're you're a cool guy to talk to. Good man. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh la 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 la. <laughs>